Welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast. We paint the town red with search marketing insights. This week, we welcome video marketer extraordinaire Itamar Blauer, who comes on the show to share his expertise on tips, tricks, and general advice when optimizing your videos, breaking down video creation barriers, and how to get your videos to rank on both YouTube and the Google SERP. Plus, why you should start thinking of everything from an entity perspective. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the effervescent, the zestful, the very un-80s, Sapir Carabello. <gasps> Lovely adjectives you use there to describe me, Morty, as usual. As Thank usual? You. Really? You're welcome, because last week I said you hated your grandparents. It's As always usual. lovely. You know? Always lovely. It's always sunny <laughs> in Philadelphia. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, how are you? How's life? I'm good. How are you? Oh, okay. I'm tired. Okay. I'm cranky. <laughs> Didn't eat breakfast As usual. Yet. As usual. That's true. I, oh. I, I, I fess up. I fess up to that. I'm cranky. I'm like an old mm-hmm. man and I'm only like 35. All right, then. Well, do not forget, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. And you can subscribe on iTunes. And also, do not forget that when you want to check in on your video content rankings, look no further than Rank Ranger. Check your YouTube rankings in multiple markets or multiple perspectives with Rank Ranger. Okay, promotions are done. I'm done. I can stop using that deep voice to promote things now. Okay. Okay. Now I just talk regular. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But before we get to Itamar and his insights on ranking, optimizing, and dealing with your video content, I want to jump into something that I think is not hot in SEO. We're not as hot as I think it should be or as I would expect it to be. So, here's a what's not yet hot but should be super hot version of what's hot in SEO. Red hots. Get your red hots here. How many times did you just say hot? Not as many times as I say okay. Because that's my fallback word and my brain is trying to catch up with my mouth. My reverse. When my mouth is trying to catch up with my brain, I go, okay. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work very hard not to say the word okay over and over again. Because I was listening to last week's episode. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is so annoying. How many times is he going to say okay? Gosh. Good luck with that. Maybe I'm looking for validation. Yeah, good luck with that, right? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Which is a syn- synonym for okay, but it's not the word okay. I was recently okay. – okay, come on. You're killing me here. <laughs> killing me here. It's like you're putting like a stumbling block for a blind man. Don't say okay. Say another word, please. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Oh, I said okay. Nuts. I already started. All right. I was recently speaking at a meetup in Tel Aviv with some really great folk. Um, uh, Eli Schwartz, uh, Leroy Postan, Igor Stopner, Arun Akmani, and a lot of what I was talking about um, well, I was talking about how the mobile first index directly relates to the CCL TLD update and that Google ran in October 2017 and how it all connects to the core algorithm updates and, of course, how it all applies to international SEO and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I'm going to do a whole post on, on, on what I talked about, so don't worry about getting everything that I said. I wasn't. Yeah, good. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just glad you weren't. Well, first, I'm glad you weren't worried. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm happy that you weren't worried. That makes me, that makes me happy that you don't worry. Do you generally okay. not worry? Are you not a worrier? What? Are you not a worrier? Are you a worrier? Or I could phrase it I'm, different I'm ways. I'm a chill. I'm a chill person. You're a chill person. person. You don't have like okay. You're not a worrier. I'm a worrier. No. I worry about everything. Okay. Here we go. Right. My, my, my point. Right. Yes. What my point was. That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> right. Back. Back on point. Okay. So my my point is forget exactly what I spoke about because I'll write up a whole blog post about that. But 
one of the things I did focus on was Google's, um, I call it entity centricity. Okay, so if you look back over what's changed, let's say over the past year, 10 months, whatever it is, I'm really way before that. You can really go back the last two years. Okay, you can boil down everything that's happened, in my personal humble opinion, as Google having a far better understanding of what a topic consists of, in other words, what it is and what it relates to. So uh, you can go back as far, let's say, um, uh, uh, February 2018, where Google introduced multifaceted feature snippets, right? You, that you can look at that as sort of a starting point if you wanted to. Right? Multifaceted feature snippets, by the way, is where you have one snippet supporting the other snippet. So the original case that was found was it was a feature snippet telling you what plants need full sun, with the second snippet sitting under it telling you what is considered full sun. So you have one feature snippet where Google Google's telling you what a thing is, rather scratch that, Google's telling you how to do a thing, and then you have a second snippet where Google is qualifying then telling you, okay, what this means. What, what plants need full sun, what is full sun. So you have Google offering a broader understanding of the topic and what relates to it, and you can look at that as sort of a benchmark of Google having or exhibiting or expressing a much deeper, broader understanding of entities. Uh, you could really even go back, by the way, if you really wanted to, the changes like... In 2017, December of 2017, Google made a change to the knowledge panel where it introduced a carousel of cards showing a person or an entity's notable life moments. I think the first example that came out back then was Justin Trudeau, who is the prime minister of Canada. So he went through his whole life and offered a whole bunch of like a carousel of notable life moments, which means that Google really understands what's pertinent and what's not pertinent to that entity. And that sort of morphed into, by the way, these Google stories that exist inside the knowledge panel. So if you take a famous person like, I don't know, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, uh, other famous sports figures, celebrities, I don't know, um, who's a, yeah, was a famous celebrity. I don't know, Tom Hanks, is that a good one? Is he famous still? Mm -hmm. Good, he's famous still. He just still. had a birthday. Did he really? Yeah. Did you send him like I don't, a, I don't even know that. I don't know. What? Did you send him like a happy birthday, Tom? <laughs> no, no. Loved really. you and big. Didn't even see it. Okay. What? <laughs> not exactly. So if you look at a famous person, you get a little card inside the knowledge panel that gives you a whole visual story of their whole life and all the things that are important about it. All right, so you can really look back at the last two years. My point is you can really look back over the, over the past two years and point to Google having a far, 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 far better understanding of what a thing is, what an entity is conceptually. You don't think people in SEO don't realize that? Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, they definitely do, right? Everyone knows this. Mm -hmm. Okay, what I mm -hmm. think should be hotter is the awareness of what to do with that. Like, for example, okay, we all know what's happening. We all sort of fawn over or even geek as, you know, Google increases its understanding of entities exponentially. Like, wow, look at that. Google put another carousel of this in there. Oh, wow, look at this image thing that's in the mobile knowledge panel now. Oh, my God, it's going to kill my sight. Oh, this is terrible. Or, oh, this is great. And then we have to be done geeking out over whatever million gazillions change Google's made. We go, all right, let me get back to my keywords which is sort of the problem. You know, that's where I think we don't realize how hot this new entity topic is. It's hot, 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 or it's hot, hot, hot. Okay, that's a way. Please stop. Yeah, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That's <laughs> terrible. Should we edit that? <gasps> nah, we'll keep it in there. Okay, I very much think that the way we look at how Google can understand entities should change how we think about SEO and sites Altogether, 
I'm not saying that that what we do is going to change anyway. Like you're still going to do your keyword research, you're still going to track your keywords, and you're still going to you know, monitor your rankings. And if you're doing international SEO, you're still going to translate your content for whatever market you're trying to enter. Blah 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 blah. But yeah, Morty. But what? But but how you think about what you're doing? How you think? What I'm trying to say is that how you think about what you're doing, how you think about your keyword research, how you think about your rank tracking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how you think about any data that you have, okay? I said, okay, how you think about the data that you have should be a little bit different. I know you're going to explain this, so I won't even bother asking you to. Right you are, Mr. Cater. No one even knows what that reference is, so I'm going to skip over nope. it. Nope. Okay. Welcome back. Okay, so Google <laughs> can understand entities better. Let me explain it like this. Okay, Google has a much, much, much better understanding of entities. You know this, but let's take a little bit of a, a quick tour through that, right? So do you know who Marlon Brando is? You've heard of Brando, right? Of course. Him and, him and James Dean are iconic. I never watched his films, though. Too old. Really? Like the, You never saw The Godfather? I never watched it. Oh, I heard. I heard of man. it. So the scene, by the way, the scene at the beach where they kill the 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 the, um, the bridge where they kill Sonny for not for use up here because you didn't watch it. For those who <laughs> who watched The Godfather, I grew up around the corner, basically from where that was supposed to supposedly happened in the book. Anyway, that's concerning. It, okay. it, no, it's not a real story, but they use a real location. They use Long Beach, New York. Oh, the, okay. as, yeah. So I live like right near Long. Whatever. Okay. All right. So who is Marlon Brando? Google knows he's an actor. He's a pop culture icon. I make it tell you the highlights of his life. Like I, I told you before, you literally have a story feature that's like a visual, you know, like imagine like an Instagram story. And it tells you all about his life and what he did and so forth. Um, who else he relates to, Google tells you, other actors, other actors who won Oscars. Okay, in other words, in 2019, and I would say for the last year, maybe even two years, we are well, 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 well beyond Google telling you simply a list of movies that Marlon Brando was in. Okay, I said, okay, nuts. But now, <laughs> right, now you also have this, I believe, on the site level. You know, like a whoiscenet.com. It's an informational site. It's a site that offers reviews. It's an in-depth product information site that doesn't, doesn't really ram things down your throat to buy. It's, it's focused on tech products as opposed, as opposed to, say, um, health products. Right? Google knows this. It knows who is whoiscenet.com. What is it? In other words, Google is profiling sites. Who is this site? What does it mean to be this site? Does this site do what it intends to do? What, what it is relevant to this site? What is not relevant to this site from a keyword perspective? And we've seen tons and tons of signs of Google doing this based on a lot of the recent core algorithm updates, most notably the medic update. So a lot of sites with dual profiles or conflicting profiles being hit. And I don't want to get to that too much right now. I do want to do a whole post on that. I will do one shortly about why YMYL sites, your money, your life sites, keep coming up in the discussion of being hit by this core algorithm updates because I think it makes a lot of sense based on this profiling that Google is doing of sites, right? Who is this site and does this site live up to its core intent profile or in plain language, does this site live up to what it intends to do? Okay, it's too much to get into right now, but let's just move on from that and say that Google is profiling sites and demoting sites rankings for things that don't relate to its core profile, to what it is supposed to do, right? Things that, and what we've seen this, um, and, and it's a little bit anecdotal, it's hard to give data on this because it's so, the nuance is so small, but many, many people across the SEO world have sort of picked up on this, that if Google thinks 
that your keywords are highly relevant to who you are as a site, what you do as a site, you might see like small boostings in your rankings, nothing even huge, but very nuanced boosts during a core update. And for keywords that exist, let's say on the periphery, on the border of your intent profile, or even outside of it, you're going to see very nuanced, but still noticeable demotions in your rankings. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, but that was a good, okay. Right. I have a question. Okay. How should that change how we think and act? That's a good question. Okay. Damn. I said, okay. Right. <laughs> right. Like I said, see, I'm thinking about it and, and, and okay automatically <laughs> comes out. It, it's not a good thing. So, right. Like I said, what you yeah. will do is still going to be the same. Just how you might think about it is going to be a little bit different. For example, you are still going to do keyword research. But maybe now you'll think not only about search volume or not even about, as I recommended a few months ago, um, the topical relevance and user intent of the keywords. But you might start to think about what does and what does not fit into your site's profile. Um, In other words, keyword research from the context of building a really, really solid, a really concentrated core profile, site profile, that really stands out and has a tremendous cohesiveness to it. In other words, or, or let's say you're translating content to multiple languages, right? So you're not just going to translate it. We know this. You're, you're going to try to consider the cultural uniqueness of the market and how that topic, that same topic, is discussed differently in one country from another country from market to market. But now, knowing that Google's looking at your site, it's profiling your site like an entity. In other words, when I say Google's profiling your site, I mean to say, should have been clear about this, that Google's treating your site like an entity, trying to conceptually, qualitatively understand who is your site like, is trying to qualitatively, conceptually understand who is Marlon Brando. Right? So now if you say you're translating your, your, your content from one country to the next country, you're trying to you know, create culturally relevant language, you're going to change a word here, you're going to change a word there, you might change this phrase, you might change that phrase, whatever it is. Those are small, nuanced changes. What I'm saying to you now is, now that you're thinking about um, sites as entities and Google's profiling your sites, you might want to look at what does your profile say in one market to the next market? Um, in other words, how is your site being viewed by Google from in this market, let's say in Spain versus Brazil versus Mexico versus Canada versus Australia? And start making content changes, not just, okay, we use this word in Spain and we use this word in Brazil and we use this word in Canada. But trying to align it to how your site is actually viewed from one market to the other market to the next market. What is your profile in this market? What's your profile in that market? Because each market is different. Each market is going to relate to your site differently. Think of your site differently. Think of the content on your site differently. So you might need to change a word or two. That's what we've been doing up until now, translating, blah, 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 blah. But now I suggest you start thinking about how do I look how do I look to Google? How do I look to users overall as a, who is this site in this country and who is this site? Who is my site in that country? And starting to consider making content changes based upon your overall profile. Or you can take it like rank tracking. Um, you can check your, your rankings. Great. You've been doing that forever. You, you can check your volatility of your rankings. As I mentioned a few weeks ago. No, I wrote a blog post about this. Right? I wrote a whole blog post on how you should be tracking your rank volatility. And you should definitely be doing that. But now what I think you might want to do is, let's say you're a health site. No, no, no. Let's say you're a travel site, even better. Okay, so you have all sorts of topical content on your site. You have um, pages upon pages about hotels and pages and pages about flights and pages upon pages about 
things to do in various locations. You know, we'll call it lo- location attractions. If I'm in New York City, what restaurant should I go to? What, what attraction should I go to? Where should I visit? What should I tour? Etc. So now what I would think you should do is I would definitely set up tags. I would definitely categorize your keywords that you're trying to win by topic. So you have all your keywords by by flights in one category. You have all your keywords that you're trying to rank for for your for your hotel pages in one site and then in one tag. And then you have all of your other keywords for your lo- location attractions in another tag. Because if you have multiple pages, multiple landing pages for each of these topics for flights, for attractions, and for hotels, and you see all of your keywords, let's say for hotels, are just not doing well. Your flights, all those keywords are doing great. Uh, the location attractions per city, wonderful. But for whatever reason, your hotels are just not ranking well. It's very unlikely if you have if you're talking about you know a big site with pages upon pages upon pages for hotels that all of those sites are just not all those pages rather are just not optimized correctly. Like I don't know, maybe you have an error in all of those pages, but none on the on the flights pages or none on the attraction pages. Doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. Right, whoever do, maybe someone on your team was set up and did all those pages and didn't do them rightly. Uh, didn't, didn't do them correctly. Rightly, it's not a word. Didn't do them correctly. It's possible, but what's more likely is that for whatever reason, Google thinks you're relevant for location um, attractions. If you want to know all about the locations in Los Angeles, you're a good site. Google thinks you're relevant for flights. Hey, you want to look for a flight? This site's great. We're going to show you results. Right? We're going to show your site in the results. But for whatever reason, when Google profiles your site and looks at your site and says, who is this site? What are they trying to do and are they doing it well? It says, no, you suck for hotels. And there could be a million reasons why that is. But unless you track your, your, your rankings, your keywords by topic, you won't know how Google looks at the sub-profiles within your overall profile because every profile has layers to it. If I ask you, Sapir, who are you? Could you answer me in one word? No. No. Hey, one sentence, one, one trait, one characteristic? No. No. So the same thing with your site. Your site has a very layered profile of who it is and what it's trying to do and, and all that sort of jazz. Mm-hmm. So Google's going to also have a very layered and nuanced view of what your site is. And there's going to set up sub-profiles by topic, let's say, hotels, flights, or attractions in this case. So if you don't set up your keywords, if you're not looking at that by topic, well, then you're not going to realize. You might see a ranking loss here, a ranking loss there, a ranking loss here, not ranking here well, not ranking there well, but you won't realize that, okay, there might be an issue with how Google views my site and what it thinks my site is for this particular sub-element. All right? Mm-hmm. So say it with me. Same actions, same thing we've always been doing, but in a bit of a different context. Are you done? Don't you think you should let other people talk? <laughs> Feisty. You, sh- you could have raised your hand. You could have said, hey. <laughs> you could have raised your hand. I didn't see you raise your hand. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm done talking, which is why we're going to get to Itamar Blauer. Um, we're going to talk about video SEO and the like. And that's why I'm going to kick it over to Itamar because y'all ready for this? It's video optimization. Cut one. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview. Today we have video marketer extraordinaire Itamar Blauer. He is an SEO and video marketing consultant out of the UK. Welcome, sir. Hi. Happy to be here, Morty. Glad to have you. So, little fun fact about you that I found out. You're a musician, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> How did you find that out? <laughs> uh, it's called the web. 
All right. <laughs> I should have known. It's called Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, I, I play guitar. Um, and you yeah. play it well. Like it, it's a, you're under you're underselling yourself. Well, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> I don't like to, to. Well, I I don't know. You know, I just play for the love of the music. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's good fun. Good for you, man. I mean, take that from somebody. The only thing I play is the is the play button. So. Oh right. Well, that's, <laughs> okay. That's both very important in their own in their own. Regard. Well, look, musicians need people like me to listen. Well, that that's true. That I is guess. very true. Okay, <laughs> so anytime. Okay, so get us started here. We're talking about video marketing, obviously, because you're a video marketing expert, and we're going to tie that into SEO and the Google Search. But before we get started, let's make sure, as I tend to do, to make sure everyone is on the same page here. YouTube has a different algorithm than the than the Google SERP. In other words, how you rank on YouTube or what ranks you well, how you get nice rankings on YouTube differs from what gets you into Google's video SERP features, the video box, or the video carousel, whatever you want to call it. So just sort of catch us all up. What's the difference between the algorithm on YouTube and the algorithm you're gonna that's gonna get you into the video SERP features? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good question, and I think it's something that uh, often people don't really know the difference because Google owns YouTube, so people may think that it's it's very similar in the way that the algorithms work. But from YouTube's perspective, they have signals of how good uh, they perceive a video to be, and these kinds of things can be the click through rate, uh, and engagement metrics, so like the likes of the video, the comments the shares. Uh, the main thing as well, I think, is watch time. I think that's a, a very, very important uh, metric within the YouTube algorithm as to how highly they'll rank a video. And uh, the metadata. So this is for relevancy purposes. So this is when we're talking about the title of the video, the description, the tags, and uh, the subtitle CC uh, if, you, if you decide to publish them. Uh, but with Google, their SERP video placements is mainly just related to how well Google thinks a particular video can satisfy a user based on their search. So this is obviously different depending on the search query and the need for there to be a video in the results because you don't always need a video in Google SERP results. So those are the kind of two main differences, although they are quite similar, but they're, you know, they're not exactly the same. Yes, you definitely touched on a couple of points that I want to get into in a few moments. Let's first actually touch on on watch time because one of the common, I think, misconceptions is is that oh well, YouTube is very much concerned with watch time. It wants to be a new form of television. So the longer your video is, the better, right? The longer your content is, more people are watching it, and so forth. Awesome. You want people watching your video for 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. One of the things that people have said about the SERP is no, no, the SERP is a different sort of user. Where Google's targeting a different sort of user with its SERP videos, and they want shorter content. But I've seen the video carousel, the video box. And I've seen videos that are eight, nine, ten minutes long showing up. Does how long a video runs matter for the SERP? Uh, absolutely not. I think, uh, you know, Google are only going to show videos that it thinks are relevant and can satisfy the user. So, you know, whether that's a 10 minute video and satisfied and satisfies the user, they'll have it on the SERP. And if it's if it's only a two, three minute video that does the same thing, it will have that on the SERP. Uh, so an example I can give you is, uh, well, I went to an Alice in Chains concert last week, uh, which was great, by the way. I love um, Alice in Chains. And, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get the grunge in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so if I take that example and I type into Google Alice in Chains concert, so there is a video carousel and the first three results are one hour plus uh, videos. And that obviously shows the intent of a person 
who's typing Alice in Chains concert, they want to be able to watch a full concert and full concerts are usually around an hour plus. So it's definitely a myth to assume that, you know, Google are only showing shorter videos on the SERP and it's really just down to the intent of right. that search. And, and the best part about this is that there's multiple intents or Google could see there being multiple intents and you might think one user wants to see something for two minutes, another one for two hours, and it will show various links in, in the carousel. I 100% agree with you. I think that's a myth that the, the length actually matters. Because let me ask you this. I did a study, I don't know, like a year ago showing that the, the rankings on YouTube don't match the, the SERP carousel, the video carousel on the SERP. You can have a video that ranks number one in, U, uh, number one in the carousel sequence. It's, it's the first card or the first box placement, and it's number 14, 15, 25, whatever it is uh, within, within YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is there a way then to rank for both YouTube? And this is the burning question I have. For both YouTube and for the Google SERP at the same time? Well, I think that... You know, if you are ranking well on YouTube, then there is a, I I would say that there's a higher chance that your video is better suited at satisfying the user based on the intent uh, for the Google video search, like we talked about earlier. So, you know, if if that is the case that you're ranking highly on YouTube and YouTube considers your video to be relevant for that term, then there may be a better chance that Google will also display it higher within the video carousels in the search. Uh, so the case that I gave before with the Alice in Chains concert query. So if I put that into into uh, Google, the the first two videos that show for that query on YouTube are included in the first three video carousel results in the SERP. Uh, so I, I don't know if, if that's a bit confusing, but basically if, if I type Alice in Chains concert into YouTube, uh, the first two videos from the YouTube results are included in the first three video carousel results in the SERP for the same query on Google. Right, and that, uh, so and, and that does happen, but there's oftentimes, and what I found was, I found, I think, on average, the, the average rank of the first video carousel card on YouTube was 14. So what would explain a gap? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's all about the intent from Google's perspective. So, you know, I think because Google do on YouTube, it, there is a chance that it can be very similar uh, in terms of in terms of how they are ranking these videos, uh, be it on YouTube or on the Google search, but you know it's just really down to the search query. I think that uh, it, it's quite hard to to pinpoint uh, you know surefire ways that you know you can say that definitively it doesn't matter if you rank highly on YouTube or there is a bit of a discrepancy. I th- I think it's just really depending on the search query. So if Google thinks that your video is better suited for for the same query maybe on YouTube then then I mean based on what I've seen uh, it, it has shown that the videos have been uh, put up quite quite highly on the video carousel serves yeah that's interesting because what you're seeing is very much not what I was saw when I, when I did the study and it, it does make good sense that for for particular queries right when I did the study there were certainly queries that produced one, two, three on, on YouTube were one, two, three in the carousel. So I think, you know, it's very much like, like search itself, right? Uh, how you deal with a, a given keyword, how you deal with a given page is, uh, or given, uh, or you given URL, whatever it is, is at the page level, right? Intent exists at the page level. I know we speak of intent at the niche level and the industry level, but intent really is at the keyword and the page level that would seem to apply to YouTube. It's at the video level, it's at the query level, right? Yeah, but I think also is you've got to think of the way that these uh, machine learnings are progressing. And I mean, like uh, if like you did your study last year, I think 
uh, within a year's time, uh, Google kind of get better at processing uh, the types of content online. They get better at their, their algorithms as to showing uh, certain types of videos on search results. And because video is getting more important, that may be a sign that Google is kind of more focusing on how best to kind of adapt uh, the, the use of video, the increasing use of video uh, within their search engine. So it's it's interesting, but I think that, you know, over time, Google will get a lot better at, at trying to display the best uh, video results for the search queries. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, because there was a point in time, and it has gotten better, where video carousel placement was a bit erratic. But particularly, I know Glenn Gabe did a study that showed video placement on the SERP for commerce queries were a bit sort of irrelevant and all over the place, and that sort of dwindled down a bit. But there's still, I still see a, still a good amount of irrelevant video placement on the SERP, but it is getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting better. So let me ask you then, so is there a sort of an intent, or no, I'm sorry, an optimization overlap when creating a video considering YouTube and considering the Google SERP? Well, I, I think in terms of optimization overlap, uh, it's, it's when you can definitely be kind of optimizing for both YouTube and Google SERP. Uh, and I think uh, one of the main ways to do that is just from the, the signals that I mentioned earlier. So the engagement signals and and the signals to both YouTube and Google that your video is relevant for that query. Right. It makes, and that makes a good uh, amount of sense. So let me ask you a funny sort of question because I'm just curious to know your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Harder to rank well on YouTube or harder to rank well within the video carousel video box? What's your okay. experience? Uh, man? All right. Well, I, I think it's definitely harder to rank higher on YouTube. Uh, because on YouTube, there's 300 hours of video that's uploaded to the platform every single minute. And it's it's very, very competitive nowadays, much more than it was like over a decade ago. And uh, people also forget sometimes that you don't necessarily need to rank in the Google SERP. And that often people will make search queries on YouTube if they're anticipating to watch a video rather than, you know, rather than searching something on Google. Um, and I think getting your video on the Google SERP is, is it can be more of a luxury than a necessity. Mm. But again, this does depend on the industry and the search query as uh, because it sometimes can be beneficial to rank your videos on Google with search terms like how to or tutorial. And these these kinds of buzzwords uh, have shown to to see more videos on the Google SERPs. So I, I definitely think ranking on YouTube is is a lot harder because of the way that there's no there's no kind of pages. It's just a scroll, so it's like an infinite scroll yeah. on YouTube when you type in a search query, and uh, just due to the vast competition on that platform. And that's, that's actually my argument against having an infinite scroll. And I'm glad they used they got rid of pagination on the mobile SERP. They have a load more button, but an infinite scroll would change the entire ranking paradigm exactly like it is on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, when you've got that infinite scroll, it becomes, it can become a lot harder to, to kind of track uh, your, your kind of progress uh, over time on how well your video is doing. But I mean, just the infinite scroll is just, there's so, it's like, it's just so easy for someone to keep scrolling and just miss your content completely without even seeing your title and seeing your thumbnail. Yeah, it's definitely definitely would be a game changer if that happened, and I don't think for the better. Let me because you talk about necessity, not necessity about ranking on the Google SERP, but the video. Let me ask you in terms of necessity: should you should you upload your video to other platforms than YouTube? In other words, you have Vimeo, right? you have all these other platforms you can upload your video from from a Google SERP perspective. In other words, 
I understand in general it might be better. Obviously, the more places, the better. Why not? But in terms of getting onto the SERP, so Google does show um, videos in the video carousel that are not from YouTube. But once you're on YouTube, is it really a, a, a benefit to having the same video on Vimeo as well? Or once you're, or, or is it that once you're on YouTube, you're on YouTube, Google knows it's there, it doesn't really matter? Well, that, that's a pretty, that's a really good question, actually. And oh, thank you. I think that, you know, you, <laughs> YouTube is, is the most popular platform, but uh, different platforms do have different use cases. For example, Vimeo is used uh, for a lot of high quality professional content. Uh, especially for like large corporations like car manufacturers, etc. But whilst it is always down to satisfying the user, Google may be biased into showing more video content from YouTube than anyone else. Uh, than that, that would be else. shocking. Uh, but but then again, you need to really think about the, the the scale. So YouTube has the most amount of videos uploaded on its platform than probably all the other video hosting platforms combined. Uh, so it, it is a tough call, but I think because there are so many videos uploaded on YouTube, there's a higher chance that there will be a relevant video on YouTube than another platform that has way less uploads about a particular topic. So when Google has to kind of pick the videos it uses for its uh, for its video carousels on the SERP, the, uh, there's a higher chance that because there are more videos of the topic on YouTube than there is on video, Vimeo, for example, uh, then it may be more likely that you uh, that Google will find a relevant video on YouTube, but that's not always the case. As you've mentioned, you can see uh, the videos on the SERP from from different uh, uploading platforms like Vimeo or, or Daily Motion. Uh, so so yeah, I think it's just down to scale, to be honest. But so you just brought up a really interesting point that I hadn't considered. So there, do you think? Well, let me ask it like this. Let me rephrase it. There, there, in theory, could be video platforms that are very niche-specific, right? I'm just making this up, okay? It could be that for a car dealership, all car dealership videos, or all the best car dealership videos are on carvideo.com. Does mm -hmm. is Google aware of that? In other words, does Google consider the platform vis-a-vis -vis intent? It may does it say, hey, this video platform over here, carsvideos.net, is the single best place other than YouTube, of course, for car videos. So if you're gonna have a car video, right, maybe you should upload it to that platform. Does Google consider the intent of the platform itself? when ranking videos on the SERP? You know, that is a, that is a great question, I have to say. Um, I think that Google, there, there may, it might be, it might be the case. Uh, I think just because of, of how popular YouTube is, it may be also that, you know, you've got the popularity and the scale of the platform that might kind of take the edge over more niche, but potentially more relevant uh, hosting platforms. But I, I think at the end of the day, you know, YouTube is, is home to all sorts of different types of video content. So, you know, even if it's the case that there's a smaller, a smaller video hosting site for, for example, for like car videos, uh, I, I still think that you know, if you look for car videos on YouTube, you'll find millions. And yeah, and uh, you know, there there will definitely be uh, strong, relevant videos on on there. So I, I I really think it just it's just the scale at the end of the day. I think, but there definitely is a uh, possibility that that Google can see these types of uh, the intent seeing maybe if if a video is hosted on a on a platform that's more relevant to that niche that is definitely uh, a possibility but I haven't uh, seen too many of these kind of niche specific uh, platforms I think it's yeah it's just it's just you know theoretically it makes sense but in reality I don't think so yet. yeah well, considering the way that Google now looks at domains or its improved ability to understand things at the domain level, it would make sense. 
Would, would it be yeah, interesting absolutely. to see and study? Yeah, for sure. Let me let me jump topics for a sec because I've seen this idea out there that if you want to have your video rank well, you need to have it embedded onto a page. If you want to get into the SERP, into the video carousel, into the video box on the SERP, is that a myth or is that a fact? Well, I think it might help your web pages rank higher for relevant keywords. You know, if you do have a video embedded on there, but it, it doesn't really necessarily mean that there's there's too high of a chance that you'll rank it in the video carousels on SERP. So it's like there is a difference between, you know, having a video embedded on your web page to help boost the engagement of that page so it can rank higher. But that doesn't necessarily mean that by embedding a video on your site or on your page that you'll show up in the video carousels for SERP. Uh, so as a rule of thumb, you know, embed videos on relevant pages or blog posts on your site. Uh, just because you can improve the overall engagement of that page or of your site, and that will that will do you do you good uh, in terms of in, in terms of ranking your pages uh, on Google. But I wouldn't necessarily say that that has a, a direct correlation between ranking on the video carousels. Right. Okay, that makes good sense. Continuing with what ranks you, what gets you onto the onto the SERP with your videos. How important is the verbal content of your video? In other words, okay, so Google does know what content is in your video. For example, when you have a video featured snippet, very often the starting point of that video is well into the video and it's more it's correlated more to what's relevant to what the query is. Right? So does Google look at the the content of what's the, the verbal content because it transcribes the video automatically when trying to rank you on the SERP. If it's doing it for the feature snippet, why not do it for ranking within the carousel altogether? Yeah, that's a great point. And I think much like structured data is, is important to give signals to Google uh, regarding what your website content is about. Uh, the, the thing that people overlook a lot on YouTube is the subtitles and the closed captions. So the CC. So they perform a very similar role for YouTube videos because people forget that the YouTube bot can't actually watch your video. But what it can do is get signals as to what your video is about, which includes the metadata, but more importantly, the subtitles. Because when you add the subtitles or the closed captions within your YouTube videos, you can help the YouTube bot get a better understanding of your video content to see if it's actually relevant to that search query. So that you're trying to rank for within the within the metadata, like the t uh, title, the description, the tags. So I think that's it's so important because then the YouTube bot can actually see based on on what you're saying in the actual video. Then it get you know there's so many more keywords that can be thrown in if you're if you've got a video that's very relevant. And you're speaking about uh, the topic in in a very uh, strong way, shows you're authoritative and and you've got all these other signals. So when you've got that subtitle information, it makes it easier for your video to fit higher in the search results uh, for both YouTube and for the Google SERP video carousels. So definitely subtitles and CC is the way to be doing that. Yeah, and I think that is good advice right there. So let me let me jump to a, my, my last topic because I'm talking to a video marketing expert. I have to ask this because so many people feel that I can't get into video. How am I going to get into video? I, there's, there's such a barrier to get in. All the equipment I'm going to need. How am I? It's, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that person? Well, I think, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't rush into video uh, content creation without, without plan. And, you know, part of that plan is, is the equipment. So if, if we're talking about equipment barriers, uh, you know, that there's so much choice nowadays. So I'd probably say that, if somebody's saying that it's kind of like an excuse, you know, I don't want to be <laughs> harsh, but that is the reality of it. 
you know, solid video content equipment shouldn't cost you more than like a thousand pounds overall. Um, so it is an investment, but I'd say it's it's a pretty safe investment because the equipment that you get can be used for so many years and, and you'll definitely see it pay dividends. And I think that, you know, just because of the choice out there, there's just so much you can get and, and the more competition, the lower the costs. Uh, so definitely I'd say that equipment barriers aren't really a thing nowadays. Right. I mean, what what you're saying, ironically speaking, could be applicable to a long term relationship. <laughs> Just <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not going to jump into that one too far, but you could apply the same advice if you wanted to. All right. Yeah. So since we're talking about equipment, lightning round. Okay. Best equipment, most recommended video creation equipment, best camera, best microphone. What do you got? All right. So uh, best camera, the camera I've been using uh, more recently is the Panasonic Lumix uh, GDMC. G80. Well, that's enough. You might want to say um, that again. <laughs> do you want me to say that again? Yeah, slowly. Lumix G space DMC dash G80. Uh, yeah, so that's the, the video camera that's really nice for video recordings. It can shoot in 4K. Quality is great. Manual focus. Uh, it, it looks fantastic. Um, yeah, that's the camera. Uh, best microphone. Uh, I have to go with the Blue Yeti microphone it's the one that i'm using right now i've had it for years uh it's a great great microphone lots of different settings so you can record yourself when you're talking directly in front of it you can do it from both sides if you're in an interview uh with someone else who's sitting opposite you and you can actually you've got a mode to let it record uh, surround sound so if you've got like a conference that you want to record great great microphone not that expensive highly recommended it literally sounds good <laughs> that's a worst yeah, as a great. corny I mean, joke i can't hear it obviously now but I, I know. I'm still up going with my blue Yeti. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. It's definitely helpful. Look, I, as someone who's looked into this, it, it can't be overwhelming to find the right equipment. There's so many different options out there. It's like going in the grocery store or the candy store as a kid. You don't know what to pick first. So I have this bit I have to do with you now that we've done that. I call it Optimize It or Disavow It. It's a little game, and if you're up to playing it, we're going to play it. And it's basically where I give you two great options or two really bad options. In either case, you're stuck either choosing from one really good option and discarding a good option, or you're stuck choosing from one you're stuck choosing one crappy option over another crappy option, and of course that sucks. Right. So this would be the optimize it or disavow it for Itamar Blauer. And here we go. If you could do only one, you can create a custom image thumbnail for your videos, for your YouTube videos, that would be sure to catch the user's eye, or you can optimize your titles for your videos. You can do both. You can either optimize the titles for your videos, or you could create a custom thumbnail for your videos. Which one do you do? Which one's more important? Well, I think, I'm, first of all, I'm just going to give the classic SEO answer. It depends. Uh, which yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but <laughs> my, I, my classic answer to that is this is not a nursing home. There are no depends here. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing, because if, if we're assuming that the, that the custom image thumbnail you put is guaranteed to get a click, so if somebody's scrolling through, say you don't have an optimized title, you're scrolling through, and, and you see that thumbnail, and you're guaranteed to click on it, then I'd say definitely uh, the image thumbnail. Because I guess if you've got an optimized title, you know, there's so many optimized titles, uh, to be fair, on YouTube anyway, uh, where people have, it's kind of like, but just very similar. But I think uh, at the end of the day, what makes people click uh, a massive part of that is is the thumbnail side. So definitely choose to optimize the thumbnail. Okay. So it makes sense to me. Images are more important than 
than words is basically what you're saying. Who cares about words? We only care about pictures. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just putting I'm just putting words in your mouth. <laughs> in some ways, yeah. Yeah, some ways. Actually, in some ways it is it is true. All right, Itamar, thank you so much for coming on. That'll do it for us. We're out of time. Especially there's no time limit, but we're out of time. Thanks so much for coming on. I do really appreciate your insights and your time. It was really invaluable. If you're looking to get into video marketing, then definitely check out Itamar. Thanks for having me, Morty. My Good pleasure. Day. Bye-bye. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. Super awesome, intelligent, articulate, has a great taste in music. What more could you ask for from a guest? SEO community question? You want to ask them for an SEO community question? Why not? <laughs> or did you mean <laughs> we should now do the SEO community question? Okay. Um, <laughs> you didn't answer me. What? But <laughs> that, was, that was definitely lost in translation. <laughs> I said, what more could you want from a guest? And you said, SEO community question. So then right. I said, oh, are, are you saying we should ask our guests to give the SEO community question? Or are you saying we should now do the SEO community question? I'm saying we should do the SEO oh. community question and move on. Oh, and move on. Oh, because it directly <laughs> relates to the interview. I get it. I get it. I mean, like right. every week. <laughs> Okay, so okay. the SEO community question. <laughs> yeah, okay, go ahead. Go for it. The SEO, Rank Rangers SEO community question of the week. Hit it. How has the advent of more videos on the SERP changed your strategy, uh, your search strategy and practices? Right. More videos, more carousels, large video boxes, featured videos, video feature snippets, all sorts of videos on the SERP in more ways than ever before. How has that changed things for your SEO strategy? Oh, and of course, let's have a look back at last week's question where we asked, should you or shouldn't you collaborate with the competition? And if so, when or when not to? Based on our conversation, of course, with Igal Stopner, all about competitor analysis on the SERP. And I got a lot of really interesting answers back. Don't have time for them all, but one of them stood out to me. It's from um, at Lord Aster West on Twitter. So it's at L-O-R-D-E-A-S-T-O-R-W-E-S-T, like the direction, West. So she said that you should com- you should collaborate with your competitors, and I didn't even think of this. And it's totally up my alley because I'm a little bit of a political junkie. I'm a little bit upset at myself that I didn't think about this. So she said that you should col- you should collaborate when regulatory concerns pose a threat, and that's brilliant. That's definitely true. Tell me that's not true. Go on, tell me it's not true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. It's not true. No, of course it's true. I'm, come on, you out there in the in the audience listening to me ramble on and so forth. Tell me that's not true when there's a regulatory concern that's going to impact your business that you shouldn't come together and somehow take – it's called a union, right? It's called unionizing the industry. It's a great idea. And I'm, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but I love the answer. All okay. right. All right. Moving, moving right. Thank you for your submission, Lord Astrid West. But moving right along, I will continue my refraining from talking per Sapir's request. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, as Sapir, you. you're welcome. As Sapir is here to take it away and hit it with this week's news. Okay, so a lot of changes and tests to the SERP to discuss. First and foremost, Google has rolled out its AMP Visual Stories at the top of the mobile SERP. 
Also, the mobile knowledge panel was spotted sporting a tab containing interesting finds, which normally a standalone SERP feature. Right. So the um, the AMP story showing up at the top of the SERP, that was announced at, I think it was Google iOS, something like that, maybe Google Marketing Live. I can't remember, a few months ago. And now we're first seeing it roll out on the service. Basically, you have AMP stories um, that, are, that, are, that, that show up that you can create as part of an organic result. But now they're showing up at the top of the SERP. I don't know if this is, we don't know, the industry don't know exactly if this, this is when it started to roll out right now or if it's been around for a while and just there's so few and far between no one's seen them. So, don't know. Okay. Um, let's move on. So, let's... well, guess what? Okay, what? Uh, another Google bug. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. This one had had reviews disappearing from some local panels. Right. And, and um, there was some speculation that... The reason for this was the advent of the short name, which is like a URL for your local panel that you can like say, here, take a look at my local listing on, on the Google SERP and send them a, um, a link to it. That's not true per Google, so no one knows why it's happening, but great. Mm -hmm. Or not great. Not great. Okay. Not great. <laughs> Definitely not great. Okay, let's move on. Yes. Google is, Google is starting to roll out images in its reviews that appear as part of an ad, meaning if a consumer uploaded a review via a certain review partner, Google may show the image as part of an ad review section. Right, that's a really interesting thing. I haven't seen it in the wild yet. I, I would say, I would suggest that this would be very, very effective in showing like, this review is really real because I, I personally, most of I am very, very suspect of reviews. I don't think they're real. I don't think any of them are real at this point, which obviously is hyperbolic and I'm wrong Like there are real reviews out there. But my distrust and my cynicism in general is so large and and big because of my traumatic childhood that I don't trust because <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust reviews. That's why I talk to my therapist about like, hey, you know, I don't like reviews. I don't trust them. I think they're out to get me. Mm -hmm. Right? No, I'm joking. But I, I think this will. If you could have a real, imagine you bought a dress and you upload how, hey, this dress looks great. I really love it. And you show yourself in the dress. Mm -hmm. So that would build like, hey, that's really real. Like I see the dress they're wearing. Unless the company, of course, um, hired a model, put the dress on them, had them write a review and say, here, look how good I look at the dress, which is how my mind works. Let's just show you how sick it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's that. Last yeah. Lastly, Google News has a new look on desktop. The new format uses cards along with a series of people also search for boxes that show topics related to the original search. Right. So you have like a, this long, really long card that goes like the whole length of the, of the cert basically. And then below those, you might have, you know, um, let's say you search for whatever topic it is, you know, U.S. women's soccer team who won. Woohoo. Um, you might Woo have. Yeah, that's right. You might have <laughs> you might have like related my by the way my kids does I am not a big soccer fan at all my kids like soccer uh -huh. that was the best soccer I mean it was the only soccer game I've ever watched really but that was the best soccer game I've ever watched it was awesome we were, we were going nuts anyway so you have Anyways. we have your card showing up and then you might have a, like a imagine like a top stories um, news box feature on the on the regular SERP that says people also search for it might be like um, men's World Cup. And you have a couple of stories related to that. So all these related stories. It's interesting. Have a look at it. It's under the news tab on the SERP. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, great. Thank you for the news. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have a great one today. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Best one ever, ever. Best ever. <laughs> I just know it's going to be super lame. It's the best it. one. I swear to you. I was like, this is the best fun SEO send-off question ever. Are you ready okay. for it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. 
Here is your fun SEO send-off question. Okay. Don't ask me why I'm asking this, because it's totally random, yet it's totally awesome. Here you mm -hmm. go. What would Google's wrestling name be? What would Google's wrestling name be? Right? You can have Hulk Hogan, you have Jake the Snake, Jesse the Body Ventura, Macho Man Randy Savage, Brett the Hitman Hart, and my personal favorite, The Ultimate Warrior. Two parts unknown. I loved wrestling in the 80s. Like, oh, so good. Late 80s, early 90s when I watched it. So good. So what would his wrestling name be? Because obviously, um, Jake the Snake is not really Jake the Snake's name. It's Jake Roberts, right? Jake the Snake Roberts or Jesse the Body Ventura. Like his middle name is not the body. Okay. Right. Just explaining that. Like, it's not their real names. Like, there's <laughs> not a really a guy walking around like, hey, what's your name? Ultimate Warrior. Thanks. Thank you for the... Right, they're fake names. Yes, yes. I'm right, just, I, right. I, I feel I have to explain that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's terrible. Okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, God. Um, I just want to say that I never watched a wrestling game in my life. Well, that's, I find that surprising. Okay. You remember that wrestling scene from the 2002 uh, Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire? Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically all I know about wrestling. Really? Yeah, you know, there's the got to be wrestling in other movies. I'm trying to think. There's definitely wrestling in other movies. Ah, if there is, I probably wouldn't, right. wouldn't watch it. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I'm guessing I need to come up with a weird and lousy nickname, right? Yes. So how about um, World Dominator? World Dominator. I mean, like, the World Dominator. Google the World Dominator. Exactly. That's, that's pretty dark. Powerful. Dark. Powerful. So Google's taking. Google's not taking over the whole world. Oh come on, Morty. Oh boy. So you're like one of these like real conspiracy theories. You think Google's taking over everything? Oh, for sure. Really? Like water? <laughs> yeah. Google's taking over water. The oceans will soon belong to Google and all the fish in it. Let's. I'll talk get about you and later. your little dog too. <laughs> you know where that's from, right? Like Wizard of Oz. No. Wizard of Oz. No, okay. I'll get you okay. It's oh, old. Okay. Yeah, it's old. It's like really old. Go to my grandparents. Anyway, fine. World Dominator. That's that's not bad. It's a little dark. I know. I don't, I know. I like, yeah. like like my personality. Ooh, really? Yeah, Ooh, you're very yeah. dark. Mm -hmm. I am. Yes. I am. Okay, so <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck between two. I'm stuck either okay. between. I went like negative on one hand. I went positive on the other hand, or like you know regular. So I went with um you know the rank robber would be its wrestling name, or uh, or the searchability yeah. kid. Kid? Yeah, the Searchability Kid. Because it's from the South. Kid. Searchability Kid. Yeah, the, okay. it's always a kid. It's a, it's, a, it's a wrestling thing. You know, like the guy can be 80 years old and it's like, you know. Oh, it's a wrestling thing. It's a wrestling. Okay. Yeah, it's a wrestling thing. But I had a good okay. one for SEO. So if we, had, if we had to give a wrestling name to the whole SEO industry, yeah. it would be the Fluctuation Avenger. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, right? I don't know. I, next week we'll ask you what would its wrestling move be because everyone's got a wrestling move like the people's elbow, whatever mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking. I by the way, like wrestling jumped the shark for me when once I stopped being like 11 and I realized wait a second, someone told me this is fake and this is not real because you're you you know that right? Wrestling's not real. Of course I know okay, that, fine, and I, I don't, don't even watch wrestling. But as a little kid, you think I remember telling my little brother, I'm like, you know, it's not real, man. He's like, no, it's totally real. The Rock is like he's beating that guy up. Like, no, man. Okay. By the way, it is real. Like, it is really – you have to be a tremendous athlete to do it. 
and they are getting hit. Like when the guy when the guy jumps off the thing off the ropes and he lands on the other guy, like he is landing on him. I mean, he's not landing on his full force. He got ways to do it, but when he falls down, he is falling down. Are you done? Yeah, I'm sorry. Was I? Okay. Is there a time limit on my rambling? Now, <laughs> you have a little hourglass timer. You flip it over. Okay, Morty can now talk for this long. We flip it back over. There should be a time limit. And there yeah. is a time limit because that'll do it for us in this version of the In Search SEO podcast. Tune in again next Tuesday for an all new episode. And don't forget, it's In Search because we're all in search of something. Take care now. Thank you.